When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. So welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast. Now my guest today says recruitment is champagne and razor blades. So I'm going to ask you what that means. And joining me on today's show is Annie Milne. Now Annie commenced her career with within recruitment in 1994. And prior to founding her company, Sprout Recruitment, she held senior management roles with some of the world's largest recruitment organizations. Now she holds formal qualifications in communications, in psychology and business management. And she is is passionate about people and believes that communication is the key to success. Now, Sprout Recruitment, which is Annie's company, offers a range of services, including recruitment, one-on-one business performance and accountability coaching, along with team coaching for high performance. And when she's not working, she's got a keen interest in champagne, in horse racing and skiing. We had a little bit of a laugh before the show began because there was no comma between champagne and horse racing. And I said, is champagne horse riding a thing? So we're going to talk about that. It's not a thing, but maybe it should be. So on today's show, Annie's going to share why retention and engagement are more important than ever. She's going to talk about perspective with a little humor, as well as why it is so important to own your story, be authentic in business. Business is hard enough without having to balance and keep up with the facade. So welcome to the show, Annie. Hi, how are you? Good. So let's talk all things champagne, champagne, horse racing, and champagne recruitment is champagne and razor blades. There's a bit of a theme. Um, I was just about to say, do you think there's a theme there? Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm in the wrong country. I don't know. <laughs> no, wrong industry, but, you know, it's your company, so if you want to bring champagne in, one, tell us a little bit, why do you say recruitment is champagne and razor blades? I think we've said this for, for many years um, in that you are either thriving in success or you are down in the absolute basement because something horrible has just gone horribly wrong. So you're either cheering and it's glasses and champagne everywhere or it it legitimately is razor blade sometimes and it's really funny because it's something that I taught my son from a very early age that recruitment is champagne and razor blades and now he says it to me (laughs) so you know you're either riding the wave of a success so if you've just successfully placed a candidate and candidate is delighted and the the client is delighted and everybody's loving you or you've offered a candidate, they've taken a job elsewhere, the client hates you, you're the worst in the world even, you know. So it, it's one of those things. It's it, it's the wave of recruitment. It's the, yes. It's, it's you know, it's interesting world. when you share that, I've, I'm sure that uh, other industries and other businesses who are listening and, and watching and maybe even the recording later can re- relate to that. 
And I'm sure uh, over the last couple of years, not only in recruitment, but in many other industries with what we've been going through, lockdowns, shutdowns, all around the downs, um, have certainly caused CEOs, leaders of businesses, and even staff to have to swift and or shift and change and, and pivot. I think that word is one that some people say, that's a dirty word. We've done so much of it over <laughs> recent times. We don't even want to talk about it anymore. But what's interesting, and I'm sure you're going to share a little bit more about this today, is you know, whilst we are on a high, we need to get to a stage that we recognise that even in the lows, there are things that we can be doing. There are, you know, even towards our attitude, our mindset, because if we um, are, if our own personal self-worth and, you know, our mindset is dependent on whether we're on an ebb or a flow or a high or a low, if we're determined by that, we're going to struggle, aren't we? Because business is the ups and downs. Absolutely it is, you know, so you have to take the yin with the yang and and the seesaw that is life, you know, you take the good with the bad and not every day is going to be a cracker. You know, you can wake up every morning and go, today is going to be the best day and amazing things are going to happen. And within a heartbeat, it can turn around and it's not necessarily the fantastic day that you've actually imagined. But, you know, you have to, you know, what's the saying? You control your mind or it controls you. You know, and overthinking, um, blowing things out of perspective. And believe me, I am not perfect on this. I am absolutely, I, I can make a mountain out of any molehill um, yes. and lose that perspective. But it's all about recognising yourself when you're doing it mm-hmm. and, and pulling yourself back in and doing some of the techniques that we've learned during COVID to, to really refocus on what that looks like. You know, the going for the walk, the you know, the looking for the beauty in everything because there is beauty in absolutely everything around us. We just have to look for it. So, you know, it's it's all about the refocus. And, you know, the other true saying is, you know, it's okay to have a pity party. You just don't want to live there. Oh, absolutely. You know, what I used to do, and I still do, uh, because there is, there can be learnings in the downs, but you don't want to dwell on there too much. You don't want to dwell in the disappointments where it becomes you know, where you're stuck. And so what I'll often do is like, right, give myself five minutes. I'm going to whinge, obviously not not an earshot of anyone, but I'm going to whinge and I'm going to do all of the things that I need to do and then I'm stopping. And then what I often do if I'm recording it, if I write it down, I go, now what's the opposite of that? What do I need to do? Is it my attitude? Do I need to reach out? And so we need to be mindful of that, don't we, and get the things in place that will enable us to get out of that and then moving even if, you know, the things that we were hoping would happen didn't because there's learnings and lessons in every opportunity. Sometimes when you've had a really bad day, you can celebrate and go, I'm so grateful because of the the things that I'm going to learn from today. I'm sure that they're there and look for the silver linings. Share a little bit about some of the things that you've experienced through that those couple of years and also because, I mean, you know, retention and engagement you were talking about is important than ever. But when it comes to recruitment, has it changed over the last couple of years? looking at silver linings and positive things come out of this positive things are that if you are a job seeker right now it's very similar to being a home seller the market is yours if you market your skills correctly you know there has so I've been in this game for 25 years um I have never ever seen it like this so you know this and and there is a lot more the thing that I do love about this time is that people are a lot more open to the thought of hiring for attitude 
and not necessarily just the skill because they're being forced out of that box where they go, my ideal candidate has an MBA. They have this. They have four years experience. They're like, and I only want to pay them $50,000. You know, that realistically at the moment is way out of the ballpark. You know, it's, you know, so they're looking for people who, yes, maybe have a little bit of a transferable skill, but really have that attitude and that culture fit to be able to fit in with an organisation and their goals and what they're hoping to achieve. So if there is any, um, which there is, there's always a silver lining in everything, is that organisations are more open and need to be more open to people who aren't necessarily the cookie cutter of what they've actually had before. Yes. You know, it's interesting that you should talk about that because, you know, as individuals that you've worked in the recruitment agency for many years and run your own business and and you've had many conversations with businesses too. And what we know to be true is that organizations who seem to be doing really well are clear on their core values, what's important to them, but they not only espouse them, they not only have them on the wall, they live it. They live it, they breathe it. And when you hire team and staff that align with your core values and, t- and and live that out as part of who they are anyway, then the culture is, it, it contributes to the culture, if you will. And, and, you know, people notice that, your clients notice that. So it's interesting when you see, you know, some of the government rulings saying that, you know, organisations can't hire on the culture that is is fundamentally who they are. So, yep. but, but share a little bit about the culture and hiring team that is aligned with your culture because if you don't that's often when issues happen when staff are unhappy customers are unhappy because there is a misalignment there speak a bit more about that well there is and one of the you know one of the flaws of uh, of organizations in the past has been that you bring in a high performer because of their sales ability whatever ability and um and they, they don't have that cultural alignment. They're not aligned with your core values. They're, they're, they're not fundamentally aligned with the rest of your team. Mm. So what, what really has to happen there is that we have to, we have to be able to let these people go, you yeah. know, it's, um, or to not discipline but make sure that people are living and that there aren't exceptions because mm. it only takes one rotten apple and it will all just go down the toilet. Yes. I've seen it so many times and, you know, I look look at hires and I think that person just doesn't fit there. You know, that management style doesn't fit with with that particular piece. And ultimately it will all come out in the end. But um, sometimes it takes time and there's a lot of pain in between getting getting to that, you know. If you've got a team that are fundamentally great and live by your values, that is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. The the other thing as well with the hire at the moment is that, you know, people used to say what they wanted, you know, you wanted them to hear, you know, there was all this, you know, preparation for interviews. Whereas now I think we've got to a a little bit more of an authentic place whereby people will actually share a little bit about who they are. And those are the best interviews for me, as opposed to tell me about a time when you displayed exceptional customer service. Like seriously, who has not practiced all of those questions a million times? And if those are the questions that you are asking in your interviews, then you are barking up the wrong tree right now. 
Yeah, get, get it. This is 2022. I mean, all of those identity um, questions. But you know what's interesting? And I, I want to just pick up on something that you said earlier, because I'm a firm believer in this, that if you hire on attitude, not necessarily on aptitude, the yeah. aptitude can be learned and developed. The attitude often can't. No, can't. If you hire someone with a crap attitude, you know, or an attitude that is very dissimilar or um, that disengages from the, the culture of your company, not only is that going to impact the customers, particularly if they're a front-facing front uh, team member, but it is also going to cause issues within the team and you may end up losing core people in your team who you really don't want to lose because of the fact that this person just doesn't fit. Absolutely. And and don't forget as well, our customers aren't stupid. Yeah. They know when we are spinning a yarn or when we are not being authentic or if somebody's trying to sell them or, you know, it's, it's like when you go and buy something um, and you know if somebody genuinely wants to be there or if they're going through the motions and that's the same for every single organisation. You know, you know when you ring an organisation, if somebody is delighted to be there and they are living and breathing those core values or if they're just going through the motions and reading off script. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think more and more now um, we are buying authenticity. We are buying genuine people and not just people who are telling us what we want to hear and selling us what we want to sell. And there is a huge movement around that authenticity piece and it's not before time. I know, I know. It's interesting you say that about authenticity because that's something that's been, that's one of my core values and, um, you know, fake and making up and all that is just nah and you can sniff it a mile, mile away but it's interesting that even in the recruitment space now and from a corporate you know company position don't try and fake it because and I'm sure this is something that is starting to be seen more and more now that you were saying it really is a job seekers market which means it is also yeah. an employees market because if they don't like it and you've said something in the interview that you're a company who does a b and c yet they start working in actual fact you're not that's when retention and engagement employee engagement is going to not be there and they'll leave it, it, there's a direct correlation to that isn't there 100 percent. yeah there is absolutely you know and the office, the office are there now you know um new employees are lining up and they may have two on the back burner. So if they notice in the first five to 10 days that you're not living by the core values that you sold during that process, then they're at the door. Yeah. You know, it's not as if, you know, they're, they're hard up for opportunities. So you, you have to be authentic, authentic and you have to live those values and there's no point selling something that you don't have. It's, yeah. it's a much better option at the moment to be honest about what you are and what you can give it's like, it's like relationships really you know they you need to be just delivering what that is mm-hmm. and, and not selling the fairy tale yes what's interesting about that and I, I love your um thoughts on on this even from a leadership perspective because there are things that have happened or that do happen that perhaps require us as a management leadership team to go to our staff and say look because of this what's what's happened or because we were hoping for this but this didn't go right or there's issues that need to be talked about and this kind of goes back to what you were saying communication is key that so many leaders uh, are using the approach which you just said putting on a mask and and faking it till they they you know and and kind mm. of riding over it you see it happening 
kind of in certain industries, which I won't say, but it's not going to take long to know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You're going to get called out because your staff are going to go or whoever you're overseeing are going to go, that is wrong. And we're at a stage now where people are no longer just going to put up with it. We are going to hold them to task and to account as we should. You know, the buck stops with a leader of an organisation or that leader or, you know, a a group of, of leaders and you can't know no longer can you just glaze over it. You have to have transparent communication. And I think this is what I would love you to to talk a little bit more about. There is no weakness, I think, in leadership by being vulnerable, authentic and honest and saying, let's, you know, move, let's find a way to move forward. As long as there is an agenda that is genuine, because we can... We can also sniff out ingenuous, what is it, when someone is being ingenuous. Is that the, yeah, that's the right word I'm looking for. What do you say? It is ingenuous, that's the word, yes. Oh, agreed. You know, and and um, it, it's so funny, isn't it, you know, that we we are so aware now of what is genuine and what is not, you yeah. know, and, and we've all worked for people who have promised the world and delivered absolutely nothing, you know, and that just would never happen anymore because people will just call it out. And if they're not aligned, they will leave. You know, we're waiting for the great resignation. Yes. Well, I'll be glad when we get a little bit of that, quite frankly, because the market's not moving as it is right now. But, you know, people will leave if they're not aligned. So, And this Mm. is where they'll be making that evaluation of, you know, am I going to call out? Can I change it? If I can't change it, I'm gone. Mm. So it's, 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 it's going to be a really interesting time. You know, but I think people are still a little bit scared right now and they're just hanging on. And, you know, there's a certain amount of goodwill there as well at the moment. You know, people were kept on during COVID, given the flexibility to be able to work from home and all of those pieces. But that um, those values will still need to be aligned once we're coming back into the real world or yes. else that's when it will all start to fall apart. Yes. And when you think of the workforce now, I mean, we've got a lot of the younger generation that are coming through. If I think of my, um, you know, children who are millennials versus when I look at my parents who were the baby boomers are actually older than that. And back in their day, you had a job, even if you didn't like it. I mean, what's what's the point of liking a job? You go to work to work, you know, whereas now because a lot of the youth realise that they, they don't just go to work to live, but the work needs to be an enjoyment. I was prior to this was a career counsellor and we were always talking about this. How could you spend so many hours in a role that you didn't enjoy? And also similarly spend so many hours in a role but in an environment that you didn't enjoy. And if you've got a lot more options to now be able to shift and move and the hybrid, like a lot of people are now saying, if I don't have the flexibility to work from home and from a home base from the office, then I'm out of there because I don't want to sit, you know, for for 10 hours a week in the car breathing in fumes kind of thing. So we have from point of view uh, cater to to the requirements and the needs and the desires of our teams it's funny because a couple of years ago it seemed to go the other way and you know I was working in an organization where um, there were a lot of millennials working in that organization but that that entitlement was really there was no balance. It was, okay, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. Well, what about the guy who's paying the bills? What does he want? You know, so it'd be great to have that balance and that's 
there needs to be structure or there will be chaos. But it's great to have that whole flexibility that sits around it. But millennials are very different to us, you know. Yes, we. I think we do actually suck up a lot more than than they do because they're just out the door. <laughs> you know. The- yeah, and, and I know what you mean. I mean, they're, they're obviously, um, there needs to be give and take. And I mean, if you're contributing, adding value to the team, you're doing what is expected and, and you know, you're, you're really contributing to the overall team and results and so forth. Then, of course, you know, we're talking at that, that level. Of course, if you're not, then you, you can't come to the table just like you can't go to the table and ask for a pay rise. Exactly can't show the value that you're contributing to, to the organisation. But it's an interesting conversation and I think there has to be that give and take on both parties. From an employer's point of view, don't think, well, I'm giving someone a job so that therefore they need to, to do what I tell them to do. No, not not really. And you know what? Sometimes when you think of some of the millennials, they may very well just set up their own business and become your competition. So, you know, what they're going to. And, the, and I guess, you know, you look at like job seeking and um, finding a new job and you look at how that has kind of evolved over the last 10 years with, you know, 10, 15 years, way too many years. Um in social media reach you know you used to at one point have to go and look for a job now the jobs are knocking on your screen and they are knocking on your screen so regularly and these people don't even know you you know but they're you know I've seen some fantastical offers in the last few weeks going to people who they have no idea about this skill their level of ability or anything like that it's like you are in my slot and I will take you yes Totally. As you're sharing that, um, Annie, I've just been working with two interns and they're from Korea and uh, lovely young women who are just eager to learn. So we're showing them all the things around uh, online media, podcasting and so forth. But one of the areas that I've spent a little bit of time um, giving them some education, but then also experience around is around online marketing and strategy when it comes to TikTok and Reels. And the reason I did that was because one of my colleagues who was an employee has been for months looking for someone with that specific skill set and she cannot find them. And so when you talk, you know, when you're talking about um, being in demand from a, a job seeker, from an employee's position, if you uh, niche or you focus and get really good in a particular skill that's of value to mm. organizations, you can work anywhere. You know, a lot of times with the technology that we have at our fingertips, and I always have said to, to, you know, you hear some women that kind of talk about the glass ceiling and it's with, with what's at our fingertips now and with the right support, of, of course, and the right mindset. It has to start with the right mindset. If you don't like where you are, leave, create your own business and become so good at what you do and such value offer, become the competition. And then they wish that they, you know what I mean, had... Um, you in their in their own companies because now you're you're a force to be reckoned with absolutely um, we are yeah. not trees we can move yes you can that's right you don't have to <laughs> let's talk a little bit about perspective with a little bit of humor because i tell you what sometimes we do need to bring humor in uh a laugh a day i know they say a laugh a day keeps the doctor away oh, sorry an apple a day but sometimes a la- laughter is the best medicine too yes absolutely and laughing at yourself as well <laughs> we do that quite well don't we we're able to take, what's that saying, take the mickey out of ourselves and not take it to heart, I think, is is 
Yeah. I think if you if you take yourself too seriously, then you stand the risk of becoming really pompous and totally up yourself. And what's the point in that? Because then again, you lose your authenticity. You know, it's um, it's great that people are great at what they do, and but there's a line where that gets lost because the whole authenticity piece is lost as well. Yeah. You know, if you are taking yourself so seriously that you can't laugh at yourself and laugh at things around you because it's it's a pretty funny world right now. You know, yeah. last few years. <laughs> Anything. Right. I mean, I go, we have just stepped into the next level of the twilight zone. What next? <laughs> what it's next? It's it's almost it's almost two years to the day, you know, since everything shut down, yeah. you know, on that 14th of March when everything just ceased to be. But um, like if you've not had a laugh during those days, like that's why mental health has been such an issue. Yeah. You know, the the isolation and the not being able to you know, I laugh at stupid things. I love goats in pajamas. You know, that's one of my. It's <laughs> fast become a platform that we, my husband and I, just love looking at the the camping and the travel videos. We have a beautiful world when you think of all of the the you know the um, scenery and nature and and so forth. But I I love that you've you've spoken about this perspective with a little humor, yeah. because there are sometimes well there there are times where really the situation it sucks it sucks yet we have a choice on how we're going to approach that and sometimes we just need to walk away and have a laugh you know um whatever that might be when if you surround yourself with funny people in your house I don't know or or watch some funny movies or something whatever laughter can release a lot of that tension too I want to talk about something there's a fine line isn't there Annie between confidence and arrogance oh yes and when you start to step into the arrogance piece as well then it starts to that's when it really rubs people the wrong way you know nobody likes arrogant you know everybody seems to love confidence it's um but there is it and it is a very 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 fine line yeah you know we'll cross it occasionally we do it's as humans yeah, you know? it's kind of like when someone walks in and you go, well, we're just going to wait five minutes because I've got to wait for their head to come follow them through that door. It's so big, you know. <laughs> but um, but it's interesting. The other day I'm part of a network group and someone had been recognised, this is a person in the US, had been recognised in an industry and she was the first that had uh, brought a particular product into this industry and she was being recognised for that. And people were congratulating her but was what was so interesting was her comment and she said that she was really quite surprised and excited of course she said I just wanted to bring that particular you know product because I knew that it was going to make a difference and of course it has and I made a comment under under her you know the many comments of congratulations saying you know what what I love about these change makers and people who are pioneers really in in industries or or bringing something in is that often it's a consequence of who they are and what they do it's not because they sought to have that title or to have that award. It's just who they are. They're driven by passion and the motive to be good, to do good. And that's a a sign of a true champion and pioneer and change maker because just who you are. And it's about the values as well, you know, because it is, it's the the who they are. 
Yeah. And, you know, to do anything else would have probably been really difficult for those people because yeah. that's essentially what they were born to do, you know. Yeah. They are born to create ripples. They are born to make a change. They are born to influence, you know, they, you know, and all of that is intrinsically a part of who they are and to do anything else would be a waste. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if someone's sitting there listening today or watching and going, yeah, well, I'm not really born with that, you can make ripples small ripples no matter where you're at it's not hard today because sometimes it's just being nice being nice and polite and you know respectful of people even if you may not disagree with what they what that what they believe to say you know what I'm gonna have to disagree to you know agree to disagree but I still can be your friend you know we don't have to have Mm -hmm. arguments that in itself today I think would make a huge difference and we we don't we don't need to agree on anything and you know some of the strongest relationships that I have in my life yeah. We don't agree on everything. We we disagree on some fundamental things, but we disagree in a respectful way. Yes. Yeah, and sometimes can... bringing a little bit of humour there. Oh, I know about you. You you know, even when you look at different personality types, the, the, the people, you know, the you would know familiar with DISC, you probably got a lot of other tools and things that you use as part of the recruitment. But when you have the, the opposites, you know, like the C's, the, the um, compliance versus the I's, very much <laughs> opposites we can joke about each other but it's respectful so oh i need to get all my ducks in a row um whereas yeah and and we can be respectful of others i i think and still get on because let's face it if everyone was the same how boring would life be if we were all doing the same thing and all same odds we wouldn't be able to learn from each other and the different cultures and the way we approach things i think makes for an interesting um yeah just imagine we all like the same music you know, if we all like the same book, and that is about our personality and what that actually looks like. You know, we are, we're wired differently, all of us. You know, something will trigger one person and not trigger another. But, you know, that's what makes us special. That's yeah. what makes us fantastical to everybody else. Yes. And, of course, what's when we bring that back to, to an organisation's point of view, you don't want to hire the same kind of person with the same um, skill set and so forth. From otherwise, you, there's going to be gaps. We all need to to to. We can all bring our uniqueness to the to the table to support, which is so important. Let's talk about the last point, I, and I think we've kind of covered over this uh, um, somewhat in our conversation. But let's bring it round and end with this particular point that you want to share more around. Own your story. Be authentic. Being in business is hard enough without having to balance that and keeping up facade what would be a couple of insights that you would share in this last piece you know I think we've all done it you know and there there is a certain thing about imposter syndrome but you are where you are for a reason and you are where you are for the skills that you have brought to the table you don't need to be somebody else you know you just need to be unapologetically you you know nobody in this world is perfect we all have our flaws we all have our little nuances um And we are also very different. So, you know, not everybody has to be Donald Trump. Not everybody, you know, can be Mark Boros. You know, you have to be the best version of yourself that you can be and bring all of those skills to the table. But own your story. You know, we we all saw 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, people had written this bio that actually didn't reflect anything that they did at all. You know, it was all just kind of made up, but we didn't have social media then and Google so you couldn't really check it but you just got to own who you are and what that means and do business with people 
who are like-minded and share the same values. And I think that's where Sprout as an organisation is going. You know, we've just started to do some workshops on owning your story. Own your story. Be proud of where you've come from. Can you turn the negatives into a positive? You know, we're all on a journey. We're all learning. You know, we talked earlier on about the learnings. And we are. We're learning every single day. You know, something else will happen tomorrow and we'll have to learn about that. But, you know, as long as we're learning about ourselves as well as the world, then we'll be in a better position. Yeah. Something you said uh, to that, and I want to stress this because it's so important because I remember having a conversation as a personal branding strategist by trade. I remember I wrote an article, this would be quite some time ago, where authenticity the, the meaning of the word authenticity was skewed somewhat and that some people said, well, I'm just authentically, um, you know, bossy or or whatever, you know, whatever it, it may be. And what you said was the best version of you. So that means that warts and all, uh, whilst it's being authentic, you don't want to bring the version of you that is going to cause ill will or if you're having a bad day that's not the authenticity we're talking you're talking about you know in that instance there, need, there may need to be some some healing for certain instances that have shaped your character or a trigger or the way that you might um react if you will in a certain workplace environment so that's not what you're talking about when you're talking about be you know unapologetically you no so you have to be true to yourself but never causing harm. I mean, yeah. um, we all we all can be sharp when we're snappy or we're hungry or we're this or we're that, but I think it's really important to learn about who you are. You know, there's a certain show that's on at the moment and they're talking about being honest mm-hmm. and there's a difference between honest and being mean. Yeah. You know? you know, and just because you're being honest doesn't forgive you being mean. So you have to frame that in a way that is not acceptable because that's the wrong word. That sounds filtered, but mm. it, constructive, I guess. Oh, is constructive. The word. That's right. Yes. You know what? I I um, have learned over the, the the last couple of years a great technique. I mean, we've heard of the sandwiching, isn't it? You the sandwich uh, feedback, something yeah. positive, something that can be um, yeah. improved upon, and then finish with another positive. But you know what? I think when people, uh, if you do have some feedback or some criticism, if it's how it's shared is either going to empower someone and convict someone or if you you don't have the skill to be an influential communicator, which comes back to your uh, what you said earlier about in, you know communicating communication is just so important, then you don't convict someone with your f- feedback, constructive feedback. Mm-hmm. You're going to condemn them, and if you provide feedback in a condemning way, someone is going to turn around and think, "Well, I'm not going to do that." But if you do it in an empowering way, it's from a place of growth, and yeah. and you know, it's it's completely different, isn't it? These things have to come from a good place. You know, there's there's a difference between managing people in your business and managing people out of your business, and the way that is delivered. You yes. know, um, but I I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Yeah. And often when people say that, it's like, well, I'm just direct, you know, I'm, I'm just direct. Uh, that is such a lousy excuse. You're not just direct. You, and I, this is my show, so I'm not going to apologize for saying this. It is your show that's going to be, but I hope you don't mind me saying, you're just an asshole. You know, you're not direct. The way that you're doing that is you're just an asshole. 
I'll just tell you that. Would you agree, Annie? <laughs> Absolutely, a hundred percent. There is that. You know, you're not you're not being constructive. You're not no. being direct. You're not being true to yourself and authentic. You are just being an ass. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And people know the difference between constructive. You know, we are. We, we're just so much more enlightened these days as to what we will and what we won't accept yeah. from a you know what I, perspective. Yeah, totally agree. What I will often do, and I, I sometimes will sit overnight, which for me can be a little bit difficult. Well, I've learned as I've gotten a bit older, as you get a little bit more older, you you tend not to, but, but kind of hold, keep those lips together and do not say anything, dwell on it. And I will often go, is that from my ego or is it from a place of really wanting to empower someone? And you do know the difference. You can tell the difference because, um, yeah, you know the ego is often triggering and because you want to prove a point. But if there's no point to be proven and you're saying it from a place of caring and constructive mm-hmm criticism for the betterment of that person and and where they're going to be then say it but how we bring that across is going to um yeah is certainly going to because you know communication is also about expression too isn't it the words you might say make sure your face is saying the same thing as your mouth is saying because if there's a misalignment there Absolutely. And that's been one of the problems with working at home. You know, people haven't seen people really, you know, and there's a lot of email flying around and text messages and that's where the messages often get skewed. And what do they mean by that? Oh, and then they read text messages a million times and what did they mean? How how was that, you know? And, you know, make sure this is saying what this is. I'm hearing those words, but your face is telling me something else, your body language, you know. Like another one. No. (laughs) Oh, oh, look, Annie, it's been an absolute delight speaking with you today. We've covered a lot of of ground and I'm sure and I'm hoping our intention, of course, was that we could bring, well, some humour and some insights into uh, to those who are listening and, and watching. If people would like to find out more about you, about the company, how best can they do that? How can they connect um, with you? I am on LinkedIn and um, Josie and Kane manage our Sprout on Instagram. I'm not of an Instagram of all age. Well, I'm sort of am, but not. Um, so we're on Instagram or our website is um, sproutrecruitment.com.au. Terrific. Well, once again, thank you so very much. It's been a delight. Loved to catch up with you today. And uh, as you've said, I mean, it's so important. Retention engagement are more important now. They've always been important, but especially now with so many um, the market, as you said, being for job seekers and also employees. If the employee doesn't feel uh, valued in that place or the environment is not conducive to who they are, they'll leave and they'll find one um that will and so lots of great insights that you shared with us today it was lovely great to spend some time with you this afternoon i might go and have a shampoo